Have you ever had that feeling when you leave the doctor's office and think, what did they just say? Or have any burning questions you didn't have time to ask? Or, I don't remember anything that just happened in that appointment. Or even, were they speaking my language? Yeah, us too. That's where we come in. We're the podcast dedicated to helping you understand what your doctor said about that thing you saw your doctor for in the first place. We understand it can be an information overload. We're here to help. I'm Dr. Josh Fletcher, a family medicine resident at Northrop General Hospital in Toronto. And I'm Jake Bloom, the person who doesn't know what's happening at the doctor's office. Welcome to Dr. Dictionary. I just want to make a quick disclaimer that this podcast isn't meant to be a replacement for a traditional doctor's appointment, nor is it meant to be providing medical advice. Rather, it's meant to be a supplement to your doctor's visit and explain why your doctor asked what they asked and help you explain the diagnosis and common treatment plans. Lastly, doctors often have very different styles and approaches to a patient and their diagnosis. If we discuss a question or treatment plan that your doctor didn't mention, that doesn't mean that they were wrong. This could represent a different in practice style or simply the fact that your doctor knows you better than we do and has created a treatment plan that better fits your lifestyle. Welcome back to another edition of Dr. Dictionary. My name's Jake and joining me as always is Toronto resident doctor, Josh Fletcher. So this is part two in our diabetes series. So in our first episode, we spoke about the basics of diabetes, what it is, what causes it, risks for developing it, the difference between type one and type two, and what the symptoms look like. And if you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to this episode for some good background information. This episode will be focused on the diagnosis of diabetes and the different blood tests we do both when diagnosing it and when managing diabetes. You do, not me. I just talk about stuff. Josh, can you first maybe explain why blood work is so important in diabetes? So blood tests are really how we make the diagnosis and track diabetes. Like you said before, we spoke in the last episode about what diabetes is, and I'm again going to focus specifically on type 2 diabetes today. We can't tell by seeing you in a clinic 100% if you have diabetes or not. We really need to take a look at your blood and look at the sugar in your blood, as this will be higher with diabetes. Once you're diagnosed with diabetes, we follow the sugar over time, and this gives us a better idea of the severity of your diabetes, how it's progressing, if it's getting better, etc. Are there different tests you do to check the blood sugar? So yes, there are. There are actually a bunch of different tests we can do. And your doctor will choose which test is appropriate at that time. There's a direct test to see what your blood sugar is. And we can either do this randomly throughout the day or fasting. Now, this is just a spot blood sugar at that time. It tells us what your blood sugar was when you got the test done. There's another test you may have heard of before called your hemoglobin A1C. Now, what this test tells you is how your sugars looked over a prolonged time period, usually about three months, depending on what other medical conditions you have. Now, this number is reported back as a percentage. This tells us how much sugar on average is in your blood in a three-month time period, and is often one of the main tests we do. Another test your doctor may order involves giving you a sugary drink and later testing your blood sugars after a period of time. This tells us how exactly your body reacts to sugar, how well it's able to transport this into the cells, or is there resistance causing the sugar to stay in the blood longer? And we can see that on the blood test. So just to repeat all of that, 
Most commonly, we have an on-the-spot sugar, either fasting or non-fasting. We have the three-month average hemoglobin A1c. And we can measure your sugars after sugary drink as well. So now that I understand what tests are actually involved, when am I considered to have diabetes? And how do you actually diagnose it? So we diagnose diabetes in many ways based on these blood tests. Depending on the blood test done, we look for certain cutoffs to make the diagnosis. Let's start with the spot sugar check. If it's fasting, then we look for a number over 7. If it's not fasting, we look for a number over 11.1. These are just the cutoffs to say whether or not you have or do not have diabetes. If we look at the three-month average, or your A1c, we look for a number greater or equal to 6.5%. If we give you a sugary drink, and then we check your blood sugars two hours later, we look for a number over 11.1 again. Now, we often repeat this test on another day to confirm the diagnosis. Now, that being said, if you show up to clinic or hospital with symptoms of diabetes, which we talked about last time, and your sugar is really high, then we don't really need to repeat the test, and we can say with confidence that you have a diagnosis of diabetes. So repeat again, a fasting sugar over 7, a non-fasting sugar, or after the 2-hour drink over 11.1, or an A1c over 6.5%. And what about for prediabetes? So great question. This is when the number isn't quite in the diabetes zone yet, but still higher than usual. So for example, a fasting sugar from 6.1 to 6.9, an A1C from 6.0 to 6.4%, for the sugary drink or a random blood sugar from 7.8 to 11.0. And again, you don't need to know these numbers. Your doctor will be aware of all of these. Lower than the previous cutoff for diabetes but still higher than usual. So I guess then my doctor is checking these things on my blood work consistently to make sure that I don't have diabetes, like any time I go in to see the doctor. Exactly. We do screening blood work to see if you're at risk of developing diabetes or if you're in that diabetes or prediabetes zone. Usually over 40, we screen every three years, or if you're at high risk, we start earlier or screen more often than this. Now, high risk means a big family history of diabetes having prediabetes or previous diabetes of pregnancy, having some of the problems associated with diabetes, which we'll get into in a future episode, having specific medical conditions, or being overweight. Also, depending on how high your blood sugars are, we may screen more often. So once I'm diagnosed with diabetes or prediabetes, what would you say is the point of continuing the blood work? So we want to make sure your diabetes isn't getting worse. As your sugars get worse, it increases the risk of heart attacks and heart problems, strokes, kidney disease, vision loss, potential blindness, erectile dysfunction in men, and an increased risk of amputation or having a part of your body removed. We also want to track to see if our treatments are working, whether this is diet and exercise, oral medications, or injectable insulin. Are there ways that I can better learn how to manage my blood sugars and my diabetes on my own? That's a great question, and this also touches on the importance of self-management in diabetes. Being able to understand when your sugars are too high, how to best get your sugars back into the correct range, etc. And there are a bunch of options out there to help you with this. There are group classes you can take, one-on-one sessions with diabetes educators, and lots of technology available today that can help with this. Checking your sugars at home are a great way to take control of your diabetes and track your progress. And talk to your doctor about this. There might be different resources in your community that will help you better understand your diabetes. 
strategies that take better control of your blood sugars and live a healthier lifestyle. And your doctor might have specific suggestions on how to do this. What should the targets be on my blood work? Like, how do I know if my diabetes are well controlled or poorly controlled? So there are specific targets on blood work that we want to aim towards in diabetes. These targets represent what we call optimal glycemic control. Glycemic meaning sugar. And this means that your sugars are in the optimal or ideal value. Now, the point of having your sugars at these levels is that it decreases the risk of the complications of diabetes we just spoke about earlier, like the kidney problems, the eye problems, etc. The optimal range depends on many factors. For the majority of adults, we want to target an A1C of 7% or less. If you have other factors like older age, you need help with functioning, you're frail, etc., then we usually have a higher target of around 7.1 to 8.5%. If you're younger, have a higher life expectancy, and are on treatments that have a low risk of making your blood sugars go really low, which we'll talk about in the next episode, then we can be even more aggressive and target an A1C of 6.5% or even less. If I'm trying to reach those targets, what should I look for at home when I'm checking my sugars? So when checking your sugars, we're looking for a target of four to seven before meals or having not eaten for a while, like in the morning. And after eating, we look for a target of about five to 10. You briefly mentioned low blood sugars. What does that mean? And what's the problem with this? I'd imagine from what you're saying that we want our blood sugars to be lower, right? Yeah, so good question. And we're going to have another separate episode. I keep saying that, but have a separate (laughs) episode on low blood sugar called hypoglycemia. Right. Low blood sugars, which we define as having a blood sugar less than four, can actually lead to symptoms. And these symptoms will get better after eating some source of rapid-acting sugar or carbohydrate. And we want to monitor this as much as possible because it can be quite dangerous. If it's severe, your blood sugar goes really low, you might even need assistance from other people because you can pass out or even worse. That's why we don't target the A1C as low as possible, as it can increase your risk of low blood sugars. If you've had multiple low blood sugars in the past, we may even have a less aggressive or higher A1C target to help avoid this in the future. But like I said, we're going to dedicate an entire episode to this called hypoglycemia. You have mentioned before that diabetes affects your eyes and kidneys. Do I need to do anything in particular to decrease my risk from these symptoms happening? So the best thing you can do is take the necessary steps to optimally control your diabetes, as we've been talking about. Diet exercise, taking the right medications, etc. We can check your kidney function on blood tests and track this over time to see if your kidneys are being affected. And the effect that diabetes has on your kidneys is called nephropathy, nephro meaning kidneys. We can also send you to an eye specialist for regular eye screening to make sure you aren't developing the eye problems associated with diabetes. And this is called retinopathy, retino meaning retina related to the eyes. Is there anything else that is checked on my blood work or when I come in uh, to the doctor's office for my diabetes? So diabetes often goes hand in hand with other medical conditions, such as high blood pressure and high cholesterol. We call this the metabolic syndrome, a constellation of different abnormalities, including obesity, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and high blood sugars or hyperglycemia. Because of that, we often screen for high cholesterol in your blood tests, and we'll check your blood pressure when you come into clinic. We may also check your weight when you come into the office. And we do this before even being diagnosed with diabetes, 
as like I said before, being overweight or being obese increases your risk of developing it in the first place. And as always, what resources do you recommend for diabetes diagnosis? So like I said in the first episode, Diabetes Canada is an excellent resource that has tons of information on diabetes, both type 1 and type 2. The basics, the diagnosis and blood work like we just talked about now, how to manage diabetes both from a medication and non-medication point of view. And if you want a lot more detailed information, they have their own podcast series as well. In the USA, the American Diabetes Association is another great resource with a ton of information on all things diabetes. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode on uh, diabetes diagnosis. And I guess uh, stay tuned for our next one, which will be all about diabetes treatment. And Josh, is there anyone you wanted to thank for today's episode? I'd like to thank Dr. Rob Silver, an endocrinologist at University Health Network in Toronto, for peer-reviewing this episode, as well as Nick and John Bragagnolo for recording the original music. And that just about wraps up today's episode of Dr. Dictionary. For Josh and I, we thank you so much for listening, and we hope to, that you tune in again next time. We'll see you then. <laughs>